Don't move. You're listening to Harpy Hour. We just want to share another awesome podcast with you first. So check these guys out and stay tuned for this week's episode of Harpy Hour. I'm Wade. I'm Amanda. And we are the co-hosts of a podcast called Don't Worry. Be Movies. It's a podcast all about positivity and reviewing movies that haven't gotten enough love and we look at them a second time and love them. We we have segments, we sometimes have guests, we do a little bit of improv in the we, middle. We do a lot of bit of improv. Well, that's a good point. So we hope you'll check us out and give us a chance the same way we're giving these movies a second chance. You can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, pretty much any podcast app that you would use. Yeah, exactly. And be on the lookout for our special magical time-traveling shoebox that gives us uh, sequel scripts from the future. Spoiler alert, we have a time-traveling shoebox on our podcast. Come hang out with us and hopefully you uh, discover some hidden gems of your own. Don't worry. B movies. Be like the letter B. See you there. Bye. Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour, the harpiest of all the hours of your day. Aloha. Back. <laughs> you guys played yourselves. <laughs> you played How yourself. did that oh, happen? Oh. We're merging into one person. I mean, honestly, we move as a unit to to begin with. So uh, that was good. The harpy unit. <laughs> And we are the Harpies. Oh, yeah. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. Oh, yeah. I'm Steph. This is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories and history, history science, science, and entertainment. entertainment. Things we find interesting. So you should too. So guys, I don't expect you to super relate to this, but I'm going to inform you anyway, because I feel like it's my duty as, the, as your Broadway consultant. Okay. Did you see that? The answer is no. Whatever it is, <laughs> I'm certain I did not see it. Did you see that they announced they're making a Wicked musical starring With Ariana Grande? Mm-hmm. Wait, there's already a Wicked musical. What are you talking about? Like a movie. Oh, a movie. Okay. Sorry, I misspoke. They're making a movie version of the musical. I say like, that I knew. I knew there was a Wicked musical. Yeah. Is it a movie movie or is it like one of those live action? It's a movie movie. Okay. They're making a movie, like Dear Evan Hansen, Chicago, etc. And it's Ariana Grande is who? Glinda. Jesus. Oh, I thought you were asking, like, who is no. Ariana Grande? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that, Steph. I know, I know like, who Ariana worse, Grande is. It's worse least. than I thought. <laughs> it's worse than I thought. <laughs> I can't teach you everything, Steph. <laughs> That's great. Ariana Grande is who? <laughs> the fact who that we are not show? that we immediately jumped to that was like <laughs> par for the course. So, so who does she play? She plays Glinda. Glinda. Okay. She's playing who is Glinda. Elphaba? 
Cynthia, and I mispronounce her last name every time, Evero, I believe. I'm so sorry, Cynthia. You are a goddess. You are a queen. I'm so sorry. I can't say I know who that is. Yeah, is that anybody we would know from anything pop culture-y? She did the color purple on Broadway. That's what she's most famous for. Mm. She does. I'll send you some videos. She's incredible. They haven't, as far as I know, they have not announced the rest of the characters. But (laughs) what I was going to say is that I found out today so you know how, um, you know, many musical movies, they, need, they enlist some star power of people who may not necessarily have the chops for Broadway, but they're famous for whatever reason, and they cast them in these movies so that there's a name. Yeah. Is that what Ariana Grande is for this? <laughs> yeah. For example, like Amanda Bynes in, uh, and John Travolta in Hairspray. And, you know, Taylor Swift in Cats, although she's a goddess, she's fine. She's Taylor Swift was in Cats? She was not the problem of Cats. Oh, no. (laughs) Not not at all. I didn't know she was in Cats. I didn't see it. I couldn't. That's fair. Um, You know, it's a big thing that you, like, enlist these Hollywood names. Yeah. And it's a big controversy within the Broadway community, because if you didn't start on Broadway, it's like... Well, you're just here because you were on a reality show, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> can Ariana Grande act? Yes, she was on TV. She was a Disney Channel star before she was anything. What did she play though? I don't remember any of her Something shows. Something Disney. She was a uh, cat in ugh, fuck. What's what's the other person's name? She played Cat Valentine on Cat and Sam, or Sam oh. and Cat rather. Uh, that was like her beginning, beginning. Oh, never heard of it. Okay, so anyway, you know, it's this big thing that they get Hollywood names for this, for these types of uh, movies. And I found out there's a petition going around for James Corden to not be in Wicked because he's in fucking everything. He's in Into the Woods. He's in Cats. He's in The Prom. He's in all of them. And they're like, he seals focus. He can't be in it. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, I think he got particular, like, backlash for prom. Isn't that right? Yeah. I don't particularly mind James Corden. I think he was really good as the baker in Into the Woods. I really liked him in that. I did not hate him in the prom. I don't have the same hate relationship, but apparently other people do. I don't think I've seen any of the movies that you've named. God damn it, Steph. I'm sorry talking to a wall over here. Well, I think the thing with the prom was him playing a gay character. Yeah, that was the they problem. they were like, there. you know, why couldn't you have just gotten like an actual awesome gay person for the role? Yeah, that's a huge controversy in Broadway and Hollywood as well. Like, you know, if there's a character that identifies as gay, if there's a disabled character, if there's a trans character, like these parts are still going to, you know, cis people and you know that's why don't you just hire someone who can tell that story authentically but that was just my funny thing that James Corden is getting like blasted for (laughs) he's not even in the cast yet and they're just yelling at him don't put him in the cast they're just yelling do not touch this (laughs) because he was just also in the Cinderella movie that um, Uh yes he was Camille Cabello yeah I'm so sorry I 
probably did not pronounce your name correctly, but other pop superstar, Starda Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And he was in that movie, too, as one yeah. of the, the mice. Mm-hmm. How does he get put Gus, in Gus. all these movies? I mean, I think that's what the petition is saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Liz, you want to, like, talk about something today? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, cool. I feel like that could have been a harpy half hour. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be. I thought of that as it was happening. <laughs> Listeners, we now have harpy half hours where, uh, on our Patreon page where we talk about random shit like that for half an hour. So if that, if that was fun for you, go listen to Patreon. Cool. Liz. Yes. What are you doing? Today I give you his dudeness, Duder, El Duderino. <laughs> are we going to talk about uh, Dude, the Where's dude. My Car? Isn't the dude a religion? What? It's sort of. It's like a, a fake religion. I think yeah, you yeah, might yeah. be able to actually. Um, like register right can't you be ordained um, under the dude or something yeah so the dude being the big lebowski (laughs) excellent but let's get into it so tracy brought up dude where's my car yes that's not what we're talking about (laughs) brought up the dude i.e the Big Lebowski, which is mm-hmm. where all of these, my, my teaser came from, the Dudeness, mm-hmm. Duder, El Duderino. Mm-hmm. But before we had these amazing classic pop culture dude references, uh-huh. the word dude meant something different in the olden days. Oh, dear. Are we going to the 1800s? We sure are, Tracy. Yes! In the 1800s, dude was an insult. Okay. Dude. Yeah. So a dude was a man who was overly preoccupied by his appearance and dress. Yeah. Wasn't it like a synonym for dandy kind of? Yes. Oh. So other words are a clothes horse, a coxcomb, a fancy dan, a fashion monger, a ninny, a popinjay or a parrot. Um, was a popular like offensive term for somebody who was obsessed with their clothes because they like dress like a parrot, like really mm. um, colorful mm. and outlandish. I have heard that that term is peacocking, and I heard it from a reputable source, someone who peacocks a lot. Okay, okay. Um, and then like you mentioned, Tracy dandy. Yep. So these are people who wore clothes that were very flashy or ornamental and really almost costume like. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like the 1800s are kind of like costumey clothing mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. begin with. So this is even like extra, extra, okay. extra. A modern term that might be associated or might be similar in concept to dude or a dandy would be the term metrosexual. Yeah, I was going to say metro. Yeah. Um, okay. The modern definition of that is a usually urban heterosexual male given to enhancing his personal appearance by fastidious grooming, beauty treatments, and fashionable clothes. I just want to note that metrosexual is also considered an offensive term by some. So it's also like not really widely used, but it's, it's recognizable. Like people know what yeah, you Yeah, people mean. know what it means. Mm-hmm. 
but it's also kind of like why do we need to put that kind of label on it like what are we trying to say about like being metrosexual yeah by giving it a label what you're giving it the connotation that it's something bad it, it, there's some sort of negative connotation yeah. with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's just like a comparison to something that modern generations might be more familiar with got it that's kind of what dude was back in the 1800s mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. the most famous dude was Vander Berry Wall. So he was born in 1861 and he was born on none other than Fifth Avenue and raised as a New York City socialite. Of course he was. So, yep, he was wealthy. He owned his first racehorse at the age of 16 Mm -hmm. and he earned or earned, he received $2 million in inheritance by the age of 22. Of course he did. And so that's about $53 million in today. Jeez. Oh, my God. His family was in the rope business, which sounds ridiculous, but I guess in the 1880s-ish. So, like, that's I mean, people he need rope. 20. Yeah, rope I is a huge deal. People will yeah. always need rope. It's a stable yeah. industry. Yeah, ropes I, make I nets. Guess. Ropes keep ships tied to the dock. Like, that's a huge deal. I guess. Especially when, like, ships are how people travel. But he spent almost all of his money on clothes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in 1883, so again, he's in his young 20s, he holidayed in the resort town of Long Branch, New Jersey. Is that a resort town, Steph? It's a beach town. I don't know if I'd call it a <laughs> Not resort <convincing>. town. <laughs> well, a hundred plus years ago, it was the place to be. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, some of the shark attacks took place there. Oh. At some of the quote-unquote resorts. All right. I will, I will check in on that and get back to you. Perfect. Well, there was Long Beach and Long Branch, and some of the articles switched them up, and I like had to triple check to make sure I was getting the right one. I'm not sure how much it... It really matters. In New Jersey, he was at a resort. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And uh, one journalist christened him King of Dudes. King of Dudes. (laughs) Yes. So, like, leader of the metrosexuals, essentially. (laughs) He was the dudest of all the dudes. The dudiest dude. The dudiest. The dudiest dude. At first, Evander was outraged because, again, this is an offensive term. This was an insult to be called a dude. But he soon came to embrace it as his rightful title, much like how we harpies claimed our name. We embraced name. the term harpy. <laughs> yeah. We sure did. After being called harpies offensively. We sure did. The Spice Girls did it, too. That was a Spice Girls thing? The Spice Girls also, uh, they got slammed in the press, and that's how they got all their nicknames, like Baby Spice, Scary Spice, oh. etc. Oh. It came from a journalist. It didn't come from them. And they were like, yeah, okay, I'm fucking Scary Spice. Like, Oh. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought they, when they first started, they had those, like, they gave themselves that names right away. I thought that was, like, nope. their branding. Yeah. Nope. Huh. Little okay. fun fact. Nice. So, like I said, he embraced this. And decided that basically just, like, this was his goal now to, like, be the biggest dude he could possibly be. So being the king of dudes in New Jersey is just simply not enough. He needs the title in big ol' NYC. I just can't help but think, like, to be a dude in New Jersey, it's just like a 
That's their version of a Guido back then. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes back to New York City and enters the, quote, hipster Thunderdome. <laughs> as one article put it, which I find hilarious because I'm pretty sure it's still the hipster Thunderdome today. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say just to normally I have references listeners, but I just want to specifically call out my reference for this segment. Most of the notes that I have are from Tony McMillan, um, who is like a, he's just like a blogger, but uh, he wrote this article and I think he wants to turn it into a book someday. So like the, the hipster Thunderdome thing was his thing and all of the best jokes from this are all his really historical writing. Great. So I just wanted to shout that out. <laughs> all right. Cool. 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 So by 1888, he was a regular in New York City press, primarily as a local curiosity. According to various sources, he owned 500 different complete outfits more than one outfit for every day of the year. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And, that's and, overwhelming. Yeah, and and those are like distinct, separate pieces, so he could mix and match those to I, have I multiple so, years of outfits. Wow, I am falling behind. <laughs> I don't have enough space. Yeah, that is separate from the three hundred and sixty-five suits that he owned. Sure. Gotta have that. So another full set of clothing for another year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also 5,000 neckties. Why? What? Why? Well, because Why? he would supposedly change his necktie six times a day. Change the but, necktie, whole new outfit. But that's how accessories work, ladies. Okay, what? even... Okay. So if he... Changed his tie. So he had six ties per day. Mm-hmm. It's still 5,000 divided by six. It's still 833 days. It's he has almost three years. What? I don't. Oh, goodness. I'm. Why just, do you need that many? I'm. Im- I don't know whether to be impressed or like angry. How or big is his like, closet? Is his closet a house? It would have to be. It's only so it's two years. So six ties for 365 days. Is only it's two thousand nine hundred two thousand one hundred and ninety ties, and he had five thousand, so it's almost so it's yeah. two and a half years. Five thousand, yeah. So two and a half years worth of ties. Okay, excuse me, I was way off when I said he had three years of ties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now it's reasonable. I was wrong. This was this is totally reasonable. Well, then they go out of fashion, so like you can't buy ties now that aren't going to be fashionable in a couple of years. Yeah, don't be ridiculous, stuff. Obviously. Oh my god. I thought my dad had a lot of ties. He maybe he has like 30. <laughs> I think Eric has two and he recently donated one. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric has one tie. <laughs> he has one suit and he's like, I've not worn it in the past two years since I went to a wedding. I should just like donate it. I'm like, you're going to need it like once. You don't have to buy a new suit every time you go to a wedding. At like, some point you're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. You never wear it, but you probably should have it for those occasions. You don't have to rent or buy a suit every time you go to a wedding. Yeah. They talk about of donating his one suit. <laughs> <laughs> He just oh, got God. his second Aloha shirt. 
He oh. said he thought that everyone was finally realizing that he was wearing the same one over and over again. <laughs> that's his like fancy attire here is he wears his one Aloha shirt and his one pair of gray slacks. And that's like him dressing up. Now he's got two so he can mix it up. Oh boy. <laughs> Only one pair of gray slacks though still. What a fashionable man. Well, other fun facts about uh, Evander Wall that the press was enamored with are things such as his claim that he only drank champagne. I mean, like, wouldn't you die? No water? No I feel water. Like you'd die. No coffee? Just champagne. I feel like you would die. You'd be so dehydrated. It's problematic, yes. A throwback to Steph's last episode, he was also a champion amateur walker <laughs> with yes. a seven minute, 13 second mile. That's why you asked me when I started talking about pedestrians. You're like, are you talking about the dude? I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> yeah. And like in the same era, I was yeah. like, God damn like, it. <laughs> no, I'm talking about people racing horses. Yeah. Um, I actually took this out of my notes because it doesn't come back up later. Like, it's not really relevant, but I made it a point to put it back in since <laughs> I just talked about it. So he was very I find into, it very relevant. Yes, he was very into pedestrianism. Which is just or competitive walking. walking. Yeah. Competitive speed walking. I, I don't understand the 1800s at all. It's, it's baffling. It's a free-for-all. Honestly. I kind of wish, like, if I could go back to a period in time, it would have to be the 1800s at this point. I mean... With all the shit we've gone through. So much batshit, crazy, like, shit going we on. Just do, we should just change our podcast to the 1800s. Bananas. <laughs> banana stories from this the, is the 1800s. 1800s appreciation podcast. We would go on forever. <laughs> so, Wall went national, as in, like you know, famous beyond New York City, thanks to Blakely Hall, a reporter who was routinely desperate for something to fill his pages. And so he just picked a Vanderbilt wall and was like, I'll write about this dude. So every other week, he would print a new article centered around wall. But he also focused a little bit on the quote, lesser dudes. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be thrilled about being called a lesser dude. <laughs> and their conquests in clothing. Conquests and these stories started to travel the country uh, as more and more newspapers picked them up. But eventually, Evander would have a challenger. Oh no! A challenger to the King Dude title. Dun -dun -dun. Another reporter started doing stories about some other dude, an actor named Robert, quote, handsome Bob Hillard. <laughs> I would. Absolutely. Handsome Bob. <laughs> I'm going to start calling people like Handsome Craig. <laughs> <laughs> and this, of course, meant war. Uh, so Obviously. now Evander and Handsome Bob are like going head to head just on the streets of New York City in a fashion off. Sure. Oh my God. Is it like Zoolander? It's, it's really what it makes me think of. Oh my god. It's a walk-off! It's a walk-off! <laughs> I don't think there was ever, like, a direct challenge. Like, I don't think they ever confronted each other or 
like met to talk this out. I think it was really just like the press pitting them against one another. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you have these two journalists that like each picked a dude to write about. And so people are just like following them in the press. And so they're just trying to one up each other for like the press attention. So it's all like a media battle, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not know if they ever directly like interacted. Okay. So both men use the streets of New York City as their personal catwalk, uh, trying to one up each other daily. Evander Wall's regular tailor went literally insane from stress and <laughs> like had to quit. And Wall sent for another tailor from London. I mean, that couldn't have been easy. It's not like you can send an email. <laughs> this one's broken. May I have another, please? <laughs> you can't order it on Amazon Prime, you know. And like... only the best. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it under warranty still? Of course, this was expensive having to get, you know, a personal tailor and then the clothes that the tailor makes. So he starts to become strapped for cash, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. despite the $2 million that he had, yeah. 5,000 neckties and 365 suits cost a lot of money yeah. when you were getting them custom Just made. Yeah. Sell some of your fucking neckties, bro. Like, so to help. Make more money. Remember I mentioned he only drinks champagne? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sought sponsorships from champagne companies. I thought you were going to say he kicked <laughs> his champagne habit and started drinking water. No, I thought you were going to say he, he went to Gatorade. like <laughs> Endurance drinks. <laughs> so they paid him to promote their champagne at events and in the press. Sure. Handsome Bob tried to win over the ethnic melting pot of New York City by paying tribute to various home countries in their respective styles of dress. No. Yes, a level of cultural appropriation that simply would not pass today. No, Mm. please don't. (laughs) I'm so awkward just thinking about it. (laughs) As Tony McMillan says, I'm sure it was about as culturally sensitive as Trader Joe's and their various ethnic-themed sub-brands, i.e. Yep. Trader Jose's, Trader Giuseppe's, and Trader Ming's. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that, that hurt me. So also the next part is just taken directly from Tony McMillan's article. One day, Wall and Handsome Bob were both walking down Fifth Avenue towards one another and realized that they were wearing almost exactly the same outfit. No, how embarrassing. Right? (laughs) Oh, no. Not okay. Naturally, reality ceased to exist for a sliver of a second and God himself wept openly, embarrassing the angels and some of the more uptight Episcopalians up in heaven. All right, let's let's reel it in a minute here. No, that sounds like an exact account of what happened, actually. But all the New York Sun reported from the meeting was, quote, Mr. Hillard smiled very slightly and said casually, Good morning. How do, said Mr. Wall, serenely, with just the suggestion of a smile and a gentle beaming of the eyes. I was going to say, these guys are not going to, like, openly insult each other. Not, no to be passive-aggressive. Yeah. Then they both skulked away and were later seen wearing completely different outfits. 
So they just both hurried home to change. <laughs> I love that that's the priority. I'm, I, they're not disappointing. <laughs> the fashion war ended with the Great Blizzard of 1888, which was in March that year. So this is like, I guess it, it was only over the course of like one year. Okay. Well, in 1883 was when he was king of dudes for the town in New Jersey. Yeah, but not New York. And then, yeah, and then the whole thing kind of culminated in 1888 between okay. uh, Wall and Handsome Bob. Handsome okay. Bob. The year of the dude. So according to the Times, Evandra Wall finally defeated Handsome Bob once and for all by showing up in the middle of the blizzard at a private bar like some kinky BDSM Eskimo. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that's how I'm described one day. Like a kinky BDSM Eskimo. I'm going to need more details. So he was bundled up for the winter, like uh, up top, coat, Mm -hmm. hat type stuff, bundled up for the winter, but... With shining black patent leather boots that extended up to his hips. Excellent. Because why not? Eskimo on the top, BDSM on the bottom. (laughs) I can't. This was like, this was the end after a brutal months long, quote, battle of the dudes, as the press called it. Like that Uh, was the end all be all, like there is no topping Mm -hmm. the BDSM Eskimo. Yeah. Sure. Wall was crowned King Dude and continued to dude until his death. Dude till I die. So a few other, that's, you know, that's the dude battle, as it were. And after which, like, it all kind of died down in the press and nobody really cared anymore. But there's still lots of fun information about Evander Wall. So he can be credited with being the first American to wear a dinner jacket, also known as a tuxedo. So basically, back in the 1880s, the only acceptable evening wear for dudes uh, all featured a tailcoat. That was the only thing you were allowed to wear to the opera and to the clubhouse and whatever. But the Prince of Wales over in England and his crew started wearing tailless coats, i.e. the tuxedo. And so Wall was sent one of these coats, which like by a, you know, his London tailor or whatever, which he tried out at an opera house. But he was promptly thrown out because what a rule breaker. The, the, the dress code Jesus. is strict. Your coat is not long enough. <laughs> yeah. You were indecent, sir. But in 1889, after he won his crown as king dude, gentlemen were then being permitted to wear tuxes as appropriate formal evening wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was first. And now it's like top. Like a, yeah, f- a now, black tie event is like tuxedo. Yeah. yeah. Who wears tailcoats anymore? Is there anything fancier nowadays than a tuxedo? I don't think so. Right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. We maxed out a tuxedo. He also once won a bet that he couldn't change his clothes 40 times between breakfast and dinner. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Excellent. Yeah. So I think that was also like at a resort and he just like went back to his room and changed 40 times and just kept like running back to the dance hall or whatever and was just like, I'm in a new outfit. Everybody, <laughs> everybody sees it. <laughs> It was 40 times between breakfast and what? Dinner. 
I mean, that's doable. A couple times an hour. It's not preferable. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely doable for someone like him. Yeah. Shortly after Dude Battle at age 29, he had lost most of his money. Uh, It wasn't just on clothes. I also mentioned that at a young age, he owned racehorses. So he also Mm -hmm. lost money through that venture. And he declared bankruptcy by the age of 40. And so now he needs to get a real job. Like up to this point in his life, he had only had like champagne sponsorships to fund his his clothing goals. So the obvious solution is just to get a real job as a champagne salesman, which he did to keep his lifestyle going. Yes. I mean, that's why I worked at Starbucks. I get it. Just going straight to the source for your addiction. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Cuts out the middleman. Wall also declared that, quote, New York had become fit only for businessmen. So it's just like getting boring and Wall Street-y for him. So he left for Paris in 1912 with his wife. So we don't need to go like much into his backstory, but he did get married in the 1880s, like in the middle of the dude battle, basically. Found himself a dudette. Yeah. So at the outbreak of World War One, they remained in France, like they opted not to come back to the States. And they chose to stay in France during the war because if they had returned to America, they would have had to quarantine their dog because of the, the rabies laws. So oh. for how long? Six months. Jeez. Yeah. No, and so they were just like, no, thanks. So their dog was Chi Chi the Chow. Chi-chi. Chi-chi. Hawaii is really strict about quarantining animals. I think if you, because we don't have rabies here, so I think if you bring an animal in and you don't have all its shots and stuff, it's, I don't think it's six months though, but I've heard it's up to like three or something ridiculous. Yeah. Still today, yeah. Um, Bananas. The walls also became involved with raising funds for the wounded and in particular blinded servicemen. And they were each awarded, so he and his wife were each awarded the Legion of Honor in recognition of their charitable activities. Hmm. Um, So they were like good, respectable citizens. But more on the dogs. Oh. (laughs) I, okay. First, they had Chi-Chi the Chow. Chi-Chi. Then Chi-Chi's successor, another Chow named Soy Soy. Soy Soy. Who was in turn succeeded by Chi Chi the second. Sure. Okay. Because <laughs> the first one went so well. Yeah. Evander and his tailors, or he had his tailors, produce collars and bow ties identical to his own for his dogs so that his dogs are always matching him. Of course. So, like, women get called crazy cat ladies if they have, like, two cats. Yeah, but this guy's eccentric. But then, like, why are we not calling these people crazy dog people who fucking match their dogs and pamper them? Crazy dog dudes. I feel like there is a... um, Double standard. Double standard. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. There's a double standard here that Mm -hmm. I do not appreciate. It's true. Crazy dog dudes. Crazy dog dudes. Daffy Mm -hmm. dog dudes. And so they were even often portrayed together by cartoonists. So because they were famous essentially like a vanderberry wall was often depicted like in newspapers in cartoons and stuff like that because he was like a socialite and you know the subject of 
of fodder and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. cartoonists would like draw him and his dog together in their matching outfits. Sure. His wife even published a book in 1933 called The Memoirs of Chi-Chi the Chow. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what memoirs can this dog have? What does it have to tell the world? You don't know. About its fashion, about its travel, about yeah. how its experiences in France. Dog had a really interesting yeah. life. Uh, and the book was written entirely from the dog's point of view. Perfect. Well, now I'm ordering it. I do not know which Chi-Chi it was, since, as I noted, <laughs> there were two Chi-Chi's. But I guess it was probably the first one, because it wasn't Memoirs of Chi-Chi the second. It was just Memoirs of Chi-Chi the Chow. But I don't know. It's so fluffy! <laughs> My dad's cousin had a, I think it was a Jack Russell Terrier named Spotty. And then... Whenever Spotty got old and died, he got another dog and named it Spotty. And he kept, there were like, over the course of his lifetime, maybe seven Spotties or something. He just kept (laughs) getting Jack Russells and naming them Spotty. And I remember the, I think the last one didn't even have spots. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it was just the same one reincarnated or something? Maybe. I, I think as a kid, I didn't always realize that there were different spotties over time <laughs> they were also all super unhealthy like they were just little barrels with le- with little like stick legs because they were so fat liz you didn't read the subtitle which is a famous dog who put paw to paper that's what he did his own paw yep so wall also wrote his own memoir titled Neither Pest Nor Puritan, which he wrote in his 70s. Okay. I feel like that's a reasonable time to write a memoir. Yeah. In his memoir, he never mentions Handsome Bob or the Battle of the Dudes at all. (laughs) Just erases them from history. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe it meant more to the press than it did to him. Like you said, they didn't actually interact with each other, right? Uh, They were just doing their own thing. Yeah. Maybe. Quote, in a total queen bitch move, Wall only seems to reference Bob slightly by stating soon a lot of actors. So uh, handsome Bob was an actor, like stage actor or something. Soon a lot of actors and racing men and sharps began imitating me and I began to stay away from Broadway. (laughs) So basically like that's the only reference to him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. They were trying to imitate me and I just I ran off to France. Hate is going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Posers. Wall ascribed his longevity. So, you know, he's 70 years old. And oh, it's yeah, in the, the 1800s. Yeah. That's fair. Or by the time he's well, 70, the, the it's the early 1900s. 1900s guess, but, but yeah. Uh, he ascribed his longevity to the fact that he never saw physicians. Oh. Great. And always drank champagne instead of water. Steph, what's your uh, medical assessment <laughs> of that advice? Skip the doctor, chug champagne. It's like everyone knows that one person who can be like, oh, well, my grandfather smoked till he was 96 and he was always fine. It's like, okay, that's the outlier. One, like one person. Therefore, recommend everyone smoke like a chimney until they're 96. You know, always going to be an outlier. According to Wall, he says, quote, there are more old drunkards than there are old doctors. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, you can't argue with that, huh? I mean, <laughs> maybe with some stats. <laughs> the doctors retire, but they're still doctors and they're still around. Maybe they're drunks at that point. Maybe they become drunks. Yeah. <laughs> also, when did the old drunks start drinking? If you don't start drinking until you're 80, then you know, sure. Just feels like we're missing a lot of facts here. Well, he outlived his wife as well as their beloved Chow Chows, but he is reported to have had died happily. Without his wife and dogs? With a bottle of champagne in his bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. He eventually received another inheritance later in his life from his from mother. Who? From who his mother. Older than him? His what? mother. Not at the How age of 70, she? but at uh, some point like while he was in France. Oh, I thought you meant like later after 70. I'm like, oh my God. No. Uh, but so at that point in time, he had been living off of another inheritance. I see. I see. Uh, sorry. So like he had like bounced back from bankruptcy. <laughs> I like how we both had the same outrage. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> this was not nearly as much as the first inheritance as he received, but it was enough for some financial independence. Mm -hmm. So enough that the walls were known to dine out every night and both had an enormous amount of friends. So they were just living their best lives and they were yeah, very happy. They're crushing it. Yeah. When he died in 1940 at the ripe old age of 80. Damn. He left only $12,608, which is equivalent to $250,000 today. Mm -hmm. um, having quote squandered nearly every cent on pleasure he lived his life man yeah i'm not and, hating yeah. yeah who did he need to leave money to yeah he had no kids like that's what i was just thinking i'm like if you have all this money in your retirement like you're, you're what are you obligated to die with a certain amount yeah. of it no use it on yourself yeah i agree what are you saving it for and so that is the story of dude battle dude 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 <laughs> Do 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 If you want to hear how much we appreciate the 1800s every episode, you can listen to Harpy Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please rate us and leave us a dandy review. I have no way to connect this to social media, so I'm just going to tell you <laughs> to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Harpy Hour Pod, or email us at harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have a pet that has ever written a memoir. Yes! <laughs> or Not if you want to write one about your own pet, send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> and. Do you have 5,000 neckties that you don't plan on re-wearing? Don't send them to us. How about you sell some of them? Uh, I was going to say, how about you sell some of them and give us the proceeds so that we can continue making wonderful, wonderful stories for you and extra content. Yes. Uh, head on over to Patreon and check out the different tiers we have. That's where you can donate us money and that'll help keep this shit show running for years to come. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Okay, okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Ciao, ciao.